that was kind of like to uh, start off start us off sometimes on a uh, or where did you just shop thing. <laughs> Uh, so I, uh, I I ventured back over to Aldi. Oh, okay. This for the first time since before uh, the shit hit the fan. Mm-hmm. I was drawn over there because a buck ninety nine for cherries, unbelievable. That's that's what that's what gets you. That's what draws Maybe, you. In. It might have even been one eighty nine. I can't remember. But Sounds about right. That's just uh, that just just beautiful. Uh, but anyway, I, I'll give them props because they're a little bit hesitant because they had kind of thin aisles and everybody's jammed together in there sometimes. But you know what they did? They cleared out that front. They, they opened up the front so there's plenty of room when you walk in. And I think they took out one aisle and widened the uh, remaining aisles. Smart move. Mm-hmm. But the big question is, yeah. do they still have all the crap in the middle that's only there for a limited time that they try to? Because I'm I'm a sucker no. for that. I'm I'm but, a sucker for that middle aisle. I'm crazy for the, that. See, that's the thing. They they had to to sacrifice something. Wow. And I think that's what they did. Very smart. Very. Smart. That's brutal. Because right. I always love like they have the fleece blankets and all kind of shit, and it's just a great deal, and you have to do it because if you don't, the next time you come back, it's not going to be there. Oh, pressure. No. No, but uh, I'll give them some uh, some good points there. And and everybody was wearing a mask. Couldn't here we go. That's where I got my nose trimmer, by the way. Is it your Aldi, the one yeah. by your house? That's the, the one that doesn't a, work very well. That I no, noticed. no, it works perfectly. Stop. <laughs> I see what you're trying to do. Can we um up front just put a bow on this Bubba Wallace situation? Uh, all right, but. But before you start, and I was going to Facebook this, put up one of my memes, one of, but I figured I'd just save it for just spontaneous expression here, okay? And the minute I heard, I think this was on, what, Tuesday? Tuesday, that, well, the FBI has investigated, and it turns out that this was not, not an intentional Slam racist insult threat to Bubba Wallace. And the news reporting the net. Wow, isn't that great? That is so good. I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. Is it good to know that this wasn't an isolated incident by some lingering racist who still works at NASCAR versus? Well, it's good to know that it's always been there for at least eight months <laughs> and that the, the DNA of NASCAR is still intact. It just happened to have been noticed this time around because of the circumstance. And had that particular area where Bubba Wallace was, had that been occupied, and they did this by uh, by chance, right? He, he That's not his space. It no. Just, yeah. So had he not been there... Would a white driver, in other words, every one of the other ones, would they have noticed that? And would they have said something? And would it have been a thing? Because I think it should have been, but they probably wouldn't. And it sounds to me like it's been tolerated for a long time, right? Well, what am I missing there? What am I missing about this story? If you're, I mean, if, again, as we've discussed over the past couple of Brad and Britcasts, if you're, I mean, the, the history of the sport is riddled with this sort of stuff. Right. So right. any sort of benefit of the doubt that you want to give NASCAR itself as an entity, I mean, that's out the door. You can't, I'm sorry, you just can't because it's been tolerated and in some cases encouraged over a period of what, 60 or 70 years. So you can't right, right. really say. That's, right. That's in, not, in, uh, um, the 
the way we've been talking about this the last few days, though, we were giving that NASCAR due credit for uh, snapping to attention here very, very quickly. They could have dug their feet in. They could have uh, just tried to ignore this, but they couldn't and they didn't. But this idea that because this noose, which, by the way, remember, we have kind of fakey newsy stuff surround well it really wasn't a noose it was a rope that was tied in a way that you tow a car and everybody knows that that not necessarily is a noose it's a fucking noose stop it just stop this shit (laughs) because they're trying to make Bubba Wallace out to be crazy and paranoid and a little bit uppity for saying that the kind of rope that's tied in the way that is a noose is not really a noose. And he's seeing nooses. When he goes to sleep, he doesn't count sheep. He counts nooses, right? And to Bubba Wallace's credit, he's standing there. He's like, hey, you guys are trying to fucking test my character. Bite me. Bite me. It is what it is. And, oh, my. I I don't think this is over by any circumstance, do you? No, but uh, this plays into the right-wing kind of mentality as far as false flags and all the stuff that they always want to plant out there. I mean, doesn't it, doesn't it plant, doesn't it, isn't it like a fat pitch over the middle of the plate for those assholes? Yeah, tough shit. So you make up a lie about something that really happened and then what? We give them, that's what the right-wing does. They're so good at that. Now fuck them. Right. Fuck, fuck all of them. I I just I hate for that to be the 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 enduring kind of headline is that oh it wasn't what they thought it was and everything's okay and that maybe this was blown out of proportion and stuff. I don't think but that's I, winning. I don't think that's that's winning the day. I'm just mentioning that, that that's part of it. But I think the young I think the young man on his own as far as being put in a spotlight in a position that he's in, I think he's acquitted himself very well. Yeah, no, I mean it's no, not it's not a good spot to be no. in. It's not a great spot to be in. I think he's the right guy at the right time. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he's uh he's he's been put in the Jackie Robinson uh position in the batting order here and uh I think he's doing uh, a a great job. So and to, so and to be and to be honest, I mean um you know, there, there's there are a lot of people in NASCAR that are really tired of that kind of bullshit that still exists. They really love the sport, and they don't want the racist baggage that's come with it for all these years, and they'd like to expel that sort of stuff. I've heard. I'm, I'm sure that's true because once it became obvious, and and I noticed this uh, as a as an extremely casual viewer of NASCAR. You know, I've never watched a race on TV for more than three minutes at a time. I was at one race. 30 years ago. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just not that, that interested in it. But I noticed a long time ago that there were way fewer southern accents from drivers than there must have been in the 1940s and 50s. And once, where's Jeff Gordon from? Illinois or something like that? California. I think California, then they moved right. him to Indiana to get and, him to race. Right. And, and, and once, once you have so many people who uh, uh, come into your business or your your sport who who aren't the homegrown variety and and don't bring those kind of prejudices along with them inevitably you're going to get this clash and it's it's been a slow burn to <laughs> use a phrase and it, it looks like it's on fire right now and I I think NASCAR's headed ultimately in the right direction in the way they're handling this. Although this this news story, again, I mean, it's not NASCAR's fault per se, the company, but 
it kind of is because how did nobody not notice this rope there all that well, time? That's again, my question. It's a, they fostered a culture over the years, and there's just not even a debate on that. And I think Marty Smith of ESPN has been a guy who's been very eloquent. Um, of course, I'm sure drawing him a lot of ire from some of the assholes who like to say that ESPN is this uh, social liberal kind of thing. But he's been saying when they flew that big flag over the racetrack that said defund NASCAR with a giant Confederate flag, Marty Smith was basically saying on ESPN, F this bullshit. This is not what we're about. This is not what the sport needs to be about. And I'm sick and tired of people like this hijacking the sport and dominating the headlines. This needs to go. So I'm, I'm very happy that at least that opportunity is presenting itself for some people. Um, right. I'm looking at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is not doing well today. You 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 are loath to comment on the, these things unless they do it. And it seems like Wall Street has figured out that we ain't got to worry about a second wave because this first wave is still rocking and rolling. <laughs> well, it's it, it's not so much that. It's the way it's being handled, and it's the lack of leadership out of uh, Washington and the White House. That's Associated Press speak for Trump is an asshole. Okay. Yeah. When I, 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 don't you just love the, the White House is saying that, no, it's fucking Trump. Stop it. It's just, it's just him. Um, and he continues to, 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 to poke and prod and, and, and be what we've seen him to be these, uh, many, many weeks climaxing on Tuesday out in Arizona in a church with lots of young white people. And this time, they didn't even pretend. No temperature checks. No handing out of masks. No nothing. They went bare naked and faced down that virus. And did you see anybody drop dead in the middle of that speech in that audience from the virus? No, not a one. So therefore, we win the virus. That's how they're thinking. Trump is trying to bully his way through this, and it is not working. And uh, the big wake-up call, I think, uh, today, Wednesday, was when New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut uh, slapped a quarantine on people coming in from out of state. Hold on. Wait a second here. That's the big one. That's what uh, helped drive the markets uh, down on Wednesday morning um, because here we go. That's the end of the airlines again. That's the end of travel again. You can see it coming, and uh, it's now here. And you add in the hospitalization record numbers in North Carolina and Arizona and Texas and Florida, and uh, we're back to where we were three months ago, except it's not concentrated in New York City anymore. The rest of the country has caught up to New York, and New York is kind of making its way through correctly and what's so sick is this was predicted over and over and over again what new york is saying now that could easily happen in in st louis or dallas or anywhere and they wouldn't listen and and trump lied and people are dying and they're going to continue to die and the economy is going to suffer again and as much as you heard in the last two weeks, we're not going to shut this economy down again. You know what? Guess what? Fuck yes, we are. It's going to happen. It's going to get that bad. You've got half the states now in crisis situations. What the hell you think is going to happen? Greg Abbott in Texas has turned on Trump. Greg Abbott has said everybody ought to be wearing a goddamn mask and should stay in their house. He said it. Mm-hmm. He said it. 
Um, Where's the attack on him, Trump? Go ahead, well, go after him. Come it on. It also makes it it makes it more quizzical that the Republicans in the Senate are not trying to get those the second round of stimulus checks out to people. I mean, I, th- I think that would be a no brainer for them. I think may, somebody should be pitching that as the only way that they can possibly hang on to the United States Senate. I I, I don't understand why that's not happening right now. Well, you you know what'll uh, force them to do it? About another five thousand Dow points down. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get there before the 4th of July, before they take their break? It could, it could be in two days okay. if, if things don't go well. It's that true. Seems, that seems to be driving the train right now. And, I, I'm, again, it's an election year. Everything is on the line. The only thing that they've got, because I, I think they see the writing on the wall, that they're up shit creek because of their embracing of Donald John Trump. If, if they have to bribe people to vote for them, they need to go ahead and start dipping into that and start ha- making that happen. But they're still dawdling on that second round of stimulus checks. I have news for you. That's what's so sad about this. That's not going to change one vote at this point. Well, maybe that's the calculus, too. Checks. Well, yes, that, that's right. So since we can't buy votes, let's let the people die. Let's let them get kicked out of their apartments. Let's let them starve. Let's okay, no no food. Let, let's grow those food bank lines all over the country. Uh, but God forbid that we uh, we, we send out another uh, a trillion and a half, two trillion dollars worth of checks to keep everybody going for a while but it's not going to matter as long as trump is in denial that's his official position on the virus that it's not a big deal and it, you know what the problem is Britt? we're only at the end of june you know august is a much hotter month and i think <laughs> when we get some really hotter temperatures in, in in late july august i think that'll kill it off right that's it that's what's going to do it yeah yeah I, I I don't know. I, I can't I can't figure out the strategy. And let, if the if the Republicans have really said that we could give people more money because it would be helpful to them if it was going to be helpful to us in get, getting reelected, but we think it's beyond control, so we're just not going to put the money out there. Maybe do you think it's that calculus? You think? Uh, no, I I think that their their aversion to uh, helping Americans in this way is so overwhelming, and yeah. they bit their tongues, and they did what had to be done three months ago. But uh, this time, no, no, because uh, them deficits are just going to be to the yeah. moon. You know, our grandchildren are going to be paying for this forever. We're back into that. We're back well, into auster- austerity for austerity's sake. Well, good God-fearing, pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps, whiskey-loving Republicans don't need stimulus checks from the government, Brad. And I I just think that that Republicans in particular are so detached from the pain that is washing across the country because people have lost their jobs, because they can't make ends meet, because their kids are out of school and the – Millions of dreams, millions of dreams have been either put on hold or completely crushed. Uh, kids not being able to go to college, uh, younger children not being able to go back to school. This is heavyweight stuff. This is big time stuff. And if uh, another three or four months of supporting the American people uh, results in, in me paying Another thousand dollars a year, two, whatever the number is in taxes over the next few years, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Count me in. And no, we might have uh, to raise taxes on rich people, and I just can't go for that. 
Right. Well, I just can't make that. I just cannot do that, Brad. I'm sorry, but that cannot be done under any circumstances. You're going to have to raise taxes on people who still have jobs. You're going to have to <laughs> raise. And, and now there's still a lot of people that are working. You know, the unemployment rate isn't 90 percent. There's still right. a lot of people with jobs. And those of us with jobs or those of us with the means or, or, or those of us who are uh, in, in our retirement uh, uh, categories that, that, that may have saved enough money, we're willing to pitch it. I'm willing to pitch it. Hell, yes, I am. That's what it's Hell, all yeah, about. I'm not sitting here going, oh, one more, if it, taxes go up, but oh, I'm dead. I can't live with it. Oh, <laughs> that, 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 it's unbelievable. You want to talk about uh, being enlisted as a warrior to save your country. This is This is a way that the rest of us can do this. I mean, we've got a lot of people. A lot of people, including Republicans, a lot of white people. It's mm-hmm. not just black people and Latinos and old people that are suffering because of the uh, unemployment and the economic damage done by this. It's it's across the board. It just so happens that minorities are across the board plus. Right? They're they're getting hit uh, even worse. So. A twenty opportunity for, for for allowing me to give that speech. That's why no, that's why I'm here. Uh, and any any other closing thought? I mean, you mentioned Arizona briefly about them raw dogging it, and not not doing anything at all. Any more about the appearance at the at the <laughs> at the border, and then uh, the the subsequent appearance of that crazy ass church? Oh, he's flailing. <laughs> no, he, he he's just flailing. And um, th- that being said, and I I think we should say this. Every day, every day that another new poll comes out. Today, it's the New York Times, yeah. Siena College. What is yeah. he? Fourteen points That's down nationally, mm-hmm. um, and he is way off his 2016 performance mm-hmm. in every every demographic category except for old white guys without mm-hmm. college educations. Right. Every other category you can name. Every one. Millennials, Generation Xers, baby boomers, retired people, men, women, dogs, cats, rats, uh, college-educated rats, non-college-educated rats. He is down, and uh, that that's a uh, national poll. But when the numbers reach a certain level in a national poll, uh, you can't suddenly say, well, yeah, he's he's down 14 points nationally, but in seven states he's kicking ass. No, he's not. Those seven states are part are part <laughs> of that national number, and they added up to it. Uh, he he didn't lose more support in California and New York, and that equaled the uh, the 14 point gap. No, that's a that's a compilation across the country. And by the way, the polling organizations are very aware of what happened in 2016. And uh, they were remiss in polling a lot of uh, un, uh, less educated white people in those upper Midwest states. And uh, therefore, uh, the, the, the national number, while it looked good for Hillary Clinton uh, at the state level, the polling is less sophisticated. And that's how Trump managed to sneak through. This time, clearly, the Biden campaign is paying attention to that. They realize that uh, you don't want to let that happen again. Debbie Dingell, the congresswoman from Michigan, is saying, hey, everybody, hold your horses. It could happen again. And she knows the state as well as anybody. She knows Michigan. So we're not sitting on our laurels with a 14-point national lead by any means. But but 
um, education is awareness. And uh, we are aware of what's going on. And Trump does not have a a, uh, a magic bullet to, to put in his gun this time. And you'll notice that he keeps going back to Arizona. He keeps going back to Arizona. Or he goes to a place like Oklahoma. Is he worried about Oklahoma? Was he worried? Didn't he win that by 35 points? But isn't he? He's he's running out of Arizona's and Oklahoma's. Well, but see, he he didn't win Arizona. I think very big, right? Okay, so he's sweating a state that he barely won, and appear apparently he's sweating a state that he won big. So whatever happened to spending all your time in the battleground states? I thought oh, that's what you, what you're supposed to do. It what just seems like that? he's running out of any place where he can find any quarter. I mean, we're down to Alabama, Mississippi, and South Carolina. At this point, <laughs> that's, that, that, those are the places where he can find some aid and comfort. You know, that, that's what it seems like to me. Uh, a 24-year-old real estate investment CEO and motivational speaker is the winner of a North Carolina House GOP primary. According to the Associated Press, Madison Cawthorn won the nomination against Linda Bennett in the fight in the 11th Congressional District. Brad, this will be my old stomping grounds in North Carolina on Tuesday. Cawthorn won despite being uh, his opponent being endorsed by the president, who tweeted his praise of her record earlier this month. The two newcomers faced off against each other after incumbent Mark Meadows chose not to seek re-election to be Mr. Trump's chief of staff meadows also endorsed bennett one of the most embarrassing things that happened to donald trump on an interesting primary tuesday um well i think that nationally assuming that the uh races hold up as they count the votes because they're coming in by mail in kentucky coming by mail in new york i think and they're still counting them um is kind of exactly what you assumed might happen based on the trends of the country right now. Donald Trump is being told to stuff it by people who are in a position to tell him to stuff it. In other words, people not worried about their their actual government position. Okay, anybody not working in the White House, any Republican office holder who isn't scared shitless of a tweet by Donald Trump. Those people are called, uh, sit down, they're called voters. Okay? <laughs> and they were telling uh, Donald Trump, and by extension, his lieutenant, Mark Meadows, who I thought was Mr. Popular in that, that area. And, and by the way, that's a, now a re, redrawn district, so it, it isn't is. even the same district anymore Correct. either, right? Which is part of the reason Mark Meadows decided to move on to another right. chapter of his life. Right. So, again, this is proof when the election is even remotely more fair than it is under extreme gerrymandered circumstances, Donald Trump is screwed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know that much about this guy who who won the uh, Republican primary. And, oh, I think and he's still I'm, nuts. I think there. I don't think there's any question. Yeah, that, that guy's, but, he's see, that's the thing. It's it's not it's not like uh, uh, you know you've uh, elected a saint compared uh-huh. to the jerk that the Trump was. Uh, uh, endorsing, but uh, <laughs> um, well, so they, think- they said no to Trump and uh, told him to to to, to stuff it. And uh, up in New York, you have a couple of races that are uh, equivalent to what happened when uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez got uh, elected and won big in the primary to get to the the finals back in 2018. She knocked out a uh, guy Joe. Joe Conway, I think his name, 
mm-hmm. who had been in the, the seat for 30 years, an old white guy, and that district in the Bronx and in Queens is heavily minority. And what are we seeing on the streets of America? Mm-hmm. We, we are seeing people fed up with the shooting of black people by the police. And it's a broad coalition of people who are out there, quote, voting with their feet. And we're wondering, is that ever going to translate into votes? I think you saw it translated into votes where Elliot Engel, who is, again, a 30-year veteran, a, a, a Democratic stalwart, kind of a, uh, a middle-of-the-road to, to semi-liberal guy, but the district that he represents has been changing. There goes the neighborhood. It's not the same district that he represented back in 1989. It's now much more heavily minority. And at this moment in time, on your calendar, look at what day it is. Look at the last month. Think about what it's like to have to be that guy running against a black guy who must have been a pretty good candidate. And once the turnout in the primary reveals itself very often to be among the most enthusiastic in any given geographical area, uh, who do you think was going to show up for a primary yesterday in New York? The same people that were marching, marching in the wake of the death of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. So there's Elliot Engel. And another congressperson, I think, is on the ropes, Carolyn Maloney. She's mm-hmm. been in there forever. Same discussion. District changes and um, people want change. And so the answer is voters in North Carolina, I think also in Kentucky, told Trump to stuff it. And these are the crazies. I mean, these are the the crazies are not even listening to him. Like the hardcore right wingers well, are not even taking Donald Trump's advice Trump anymore. He can't tell him. And the Democratic Party, at least in isolated districts like around New York City, is getting more liberal. It's mm-hmm. getting more progressive. It just is. That doesn't mean that the people that that beat uh, uh, Maloney and beat Elliot Engel would win in North Carolina. The the far-left candidates are not going to win out here. This is just like 2018, and I'm sure that the the right-wingers and Fox and and Trump will go, well, there you go. That's the whole Democratic Party. you got a bunch of little AOCs popping up all over the country. Is that what you want? We know that. That's all he's got to run on. It's just trying to scare people, and it's not going to work because the Democratic Party, if they stay true to what they are, is more than able to absorb uh, a number of of far lefty candidates, just like these ones that we're talking about. But I I think the bigger story is uh, what happened to Trump uh, by proxy here in North Carolina and up in Kentucky in uh, one of those congressional districts where he he threw his weight behind uh, uh, somebody to try to beat an incumbent who was uh, just a little bit too libertarian for Donald Trump, and the the guy won. I can't remember his name. Massey, that's the guy. Yeah, Massey. He wanted Massey out. He did. And he said he should be banned from the GOP. So he right. was, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is one step. He shouldn't even be allowed to run. <laughs> <laughs> well, which is the first cousin of the tweet from 14 yeah. hours ago. It is a shame. That's one word. A-S-H-A-M-E. It is a shame. 
that Congress doesn't do something about the lowlifes that burn the American flag. It should be stopped and now exclamation oh, point. This is his way out. This is how he feels. This is his. There is no way out. It's not going to work. What, why do you think he goes across the street and holds a fucking Bible in his hand in front of that church? Because somebody said, this is, this is your way. This is how you can get back in the game. Well, it's not, nobody's telling him that. That, that's the funny thing. He's on his own. <laughs> I don't think there is one advisor. If he has any advisors pretending that he does that are saying that these are all good ideas, really go out there and talk about less testing as the answer to the coronavirus. Get out there, Mr. Pre- Nobody's telling him that he is on his own. I'm my own best campaign advisor. I've got the best brain. And um, I hate to repeat myself, but I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to my dream of sitting in the room yeah. in the White House with that. With that clicker in one hand and the phone in the other, and just nobody will take his calls. Nobody wants to talk to him anymore. Um, this Madison Cawthorn guy in Western North Carolina <laughs> campaigned as a pro-Trump, pro-life, and pro-Second Amendment. He definitely emphasizes family's deep roots in the state. He says, I'm a millennial. I represent an emerging generation of Americans who are tomorrow's leaders, most of whom think that Republicans don't care about the disenfranchised, the hurting, and those less fortunate. But nothing could be farther from the truth. No, nothing could be closer than the truth. Well, this reminds me. Run, this reminds so. me of the George W. Bush rebranding, which was conser- was compassionate conservatism. Remember, he had to put the word compassionate in front of conservatism because the yeah, conservative this, brand this, was. This is way worse than that because. Well, the, the conservative. The reason that he had to modify that is because the conservative brand, rightly, had been punitive and awful, like they were yeah, kicking but, the shit out of poor people. And now this, this is that's what all this is is another road to that. But, but George Bush was Picasso. Compared <laughs> to to people doing it now, okay, <laughs> you can't run away from Trump. No, and you can't run away from Trumpism. And and we don't know anything about that that district now in terms of what the politics were on the ground and and, and how the campaign. But just imagine, just imagine what kind of person he beat that was Trump endorsed. Mm-hmm. When he's spouting that kind of bullshit, because that that's that's just Trumpian bullshit, right? That he's saying. Mm-hmm. So right. what was she saying? So if they were equivalent, and he still swamped her, then again, that's a vote against Trump. Trump asked for this. He wanted everybody to know that essentially in every election you're voting for me, right? Right? <laughs> hey, you want it, big boy? You got it. You got it. There is a uh, a new piece from George Conway. I think it's in the Washington Post about how how the president is a racist, and I would recommend that everybody check that out. It's very well, interesting. I, I don't want to hear about that because where show me the evidence. <laughs> There's a, apparently I've not seen one. And it's fair to say, if you haven't been watching these Project Lincoln things that George Conway is intimately involved in, they're some of the most effective takedowns of Donald Trump that are going right now. These guys have a tremendous turnaround. They're able to put these uh, videos together on the fly, and the stuff that they put together is devastating. The Democrats, I don't think, even come close to laying a glove on Donald Trump the way that like the Republican voters against Trump and the Lincoln Project are doing right now, in my opinion. Well... Why would you put that much effort into it if you're the Democrats, if you've right. got these guys doing the, the, the hard work for you? Because, um, the Democratic, the Joe Biden theory here is, you know, keep your head down, right? Don't talk too much. Don't 
make too many gaffes, be in controlled situations, um, and uh, let Donald Trump just keep shooting himself in the foot and just let him run, uh, let him go, and let the Lincoln Project advertising campaign help voter suppression, legal voter suppression of Republicans who throw their hands up in the air and say, and it's being reflected in the polls, I can't vote for him this time. Right. Now, the 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 lingering, the you know, the Jaws music gets louder and louder, and then everybody who's a Democrat says, oh, shit, this is a replay of 2016. There's all this hidden vote. Nobody wants to admit it. No, this time we have millions of people saying, no, not only am I not going to vote for Donald Trump, not only am I not a hidden vote for Donald Trump, I'm proud to say I'm not going to vote for Donald Trump, and I'm out of here, and I'm not going to his rallies, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not going to send him money. Joe Biden is su- substantially outraising him right now, and uh, all that uh, all that Joe Biden has to do is get a a decent to excellent turnout, which there's no reason to believe that that the Democrats won't show up. No reason. Uh, and for uh, Trump's enthusiasm level to stay exactly where it is or get worse and worse and worse, lower, lower, which that's what it feels like right now. And Biden wins. That, that, that seems like the the uh, strategery to me. What's it what's it to you? What no, you- I think I, I don't think that's incorrect at all. I think you're 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 spot on on that. Um, we want we want to make sure that, that when we talk about voter suppression, we talk about mental suppression oh yeah and convincing people oh to yeah either to sit home and uh you know i don't want to spend too much time on bolton but <laughs> after all this bullshit that that he's uh subjected the country to in terms of well i want to testify oh they'll just subpoena me oh well i'm not going to answer subpoena and, and uh, the book will come out you'll hear everything and, and then trump uh escapes with uh, a unanimous vote in the senate except for mitt romney uh, among Republicans, and everybody's wondering, well, what if Bolton would have testified? And all, all this, we get to this, and then when he's asked after all that he knows, uh, all that he's written about, about how unfit Donald Trump is, how dishonest he is, how he's corrupted every aspect of government, and I was in the room and I saw it. The big question: So, are you gonna vote? For Joe Biden and Bolton goes, now, now I'm going to write in uh, uh, the name of a principled uh, conservative that Fuck I support. You. OK, so can, it's just unbelievable. It that is. We have to have this. Hey, Bolton, you're voting for Trump if you don't vote for Biden. He's such a bright guy. He's such a sharp guy. He's been in government. He's a great negotiator. He's an asshole. He's, I'm not voting. Nah, well, I'm not voting for Trump. He shouldn't get a second term. It could destroy the country. But yeah, I'm going to write in. Um, I'm going to write in Ronald Reagan, okay? Because he was a principled conservative. Oh, shut up, you mustachioed moron! You just a dolt. 
Um, let's go through some of those polls here. National Real Clear Politics average is going to be uh, Biden plus 10.2. It's 51.1 to 40.9. The national poll you just mentioned from uh, the New York Times is going to be uh, 50 to 36 in favor of Biden. The generic congressional ballot is plus 11 for the Democrats. That's public policy polling, which would be seen as being Democrat leaning. Um, the political polls from this is from um, public policy polling as well out of Texas. Trump plus two in Texas. So it's well within the margin of error there. Uh, Harvard. They have to spend a lot of money. That is, and, and, and they won't be able to defend places like Pennsylvania, right. Wisconsin, and, and Michigan. And te- Texas is maybe uh, is maybe second to California in how much money Florida, yeah. Texas, and California are the three most expensive states to advertise in because you've got uh, eight to ten or twelve gigantic media markets you got to keep buying if you're going to be on Texas, TV. Texas feels like it's about to blow. I mean, I, that one that one feels like timber to me. Uh, the national general election poll from uh, public policy polling is uh, Biden plus nine. Here's another national poll from Harvard. It's plus 12 for Biden. Uh, the Alabama Senate race, dead heat between uh, – it's, it's Tommy Tuberville by plus three, which I think was in the margin of error. And I believe that's an internal poll from over the, Jeff Sessions, over jo, over Jones down in Alabama. Oh, they're giving it. They're already saying that that's the what primary they polled, is over. Yeah. That's what they're. Yeah, that's what they're saying. If if Tuberville is the nominee, they got they got him plus three, which is really not that. You know, that's not that much in Alabama, and it's no. certainly doable as time goes on. Oh, I did you now? Did you schedule a guest here because somebody just showed up? Uh, I I did. Um, Come on in. Just get in over here. Yeah. <clears throat> it, machine on. It, hello, uh, Brad and Brett. Are you are Crash Hill Community is Machine on? Uh, is that Senator Strom Thurmond? Yeah, Strom Thurmond, great state of South Carolina. Delighted to be with you once again. You are Crash Hill Community, and you are soothing voices in a national time of awfulness. Uh, the reason we have you here, Senator Thurmond, today is because uh, former Vice President John C. Calhoun a a famous senator from South Carolina, a, a a slave owner, a proud proud slave owner, whose uh, statue was just ordered to be uh, taken out by the uh, government to uh, re- be retired somewhere. It's kind of a big story, but it's being lost because uh, Calhoun isn't quite the national figure that. Um, you know, General Robert E. Lee or Jefferson Davis were, but uh, you spent some time uh, up close and personal with John C. Calhoun, didn't you? John C. Calhoun was a fine American, wonderful man, and one of the reasons that we seceded from the North in 1861, and I, I hate to see this sort of history being erased. Let me just pose this to you. If we are not out there defending pieces of concrete, what are we as a country? That is my question to you, Brad and Britt, and to all fine, freedom-loving Americans. Well, I, you know, that, that you, you really frame the question brilliantly, sir. That's exactly right. What, what, what good What good is a country without its statues to uh, people who are on the wrong side of history? What, what good is it? If, if, if it's not, I mean, people don't matter very much. That's why the stimulus checks can't go out. But a piece of concrete must be defended tooth and nail with blood and sweat and tears. Else, history will be erased. As you know, all these people they are defending, all, they, all they care about is history. 
That's why if you went to the library, try to take a book out about Teddy Roosevelt, they try to whoop your ass because they love history so much. Yeah, let me uh, let me just quote here. Calhoun, former vice president, advocated strongly to protect slavery and called it a, quote, positive good. <laughs> he also argued that enslaved people in the South were better off than free black people in the North, which I, I believe that's an argument that's still being made. And uh, he helped push ideologies that led the South to secede. He died in 1850, uh, more than 10 years before the start of the great and glorious uh, civil war between the states, which was fought, of course, not over slavery, but over states' rights. Correct, sir? That is absolutely 100%. <laughs> it's a war of northern aggression, and we almost we came this close. We were right. so close to winning, so, right. so very close. And, and, and what states' rights were being fought over? Were, were those states' rights to, to uh, continue to... To be slaveholding states, or no, or no, no, it was no, other stuff. Nothing, there was a lot of other, other good things. We, you know, uh, we were the state. We didn't want to have red light cameras, and uh, no, the Yankees kept wanting us right. to have red light cameras, and we said no, right. not going to have it, Abraham. It, you didn't. You didn't want Boston College to be in the ACC or That's anything exactly those northern right. schools. Yeah. Has anybody here seen my old friend Abraham? Get the hell out! Shut up! Jesus. God Almighty. Also, I, I am here to talk about other historical things that are being erased from us, particularly that hot ass Aunt Jemima. Who wants to erase Aunt Jemima from my breakfast table? <laughs> well, Aunt Jemima was not a real person. I think she was a kind of a, a composite mammy style figure. You can't she was really... real to me, damn it. It was real to me. And it got my day started with a hearty helping of some flapjacks and a huge erection. So I do not understand why that has to be taken away. I was going to ask you, um, uh, you, you lived in kind of the repressive old South. Did the pictures of her do something for you as a, as a young man? Loved you? Loved it. Couldn't get enough of it. And, you know, back in the 80s, which was just a little while ago to me, when they gave her the perm, even hotter. Even hotter. Everybody thought it was political correctness. I thought it turned it up. I went from six to midnight. So so fun for Strom Thurmond was a threesome with Aunt Jemima and Mrs. Butterworth. Is that correct? Well, much like as you saw on the debut episode of the Perry Mason thing on HBO, I like to incorporate breakfast foods into my lovemaking. Okay. And so as it would turn out, some Aunt Jemima syrup was part of it, and it was fantastic, and it was wonderful. All right, Strom, uh, have yourself a, uh, a great rest of, of your day, and, and, and stay safe, and whatever you do, don't go outside. God bless you. God bless America. Of course, Brad and Britt, you are credit to community. Brad and Brit.com.